Hello everyone, welcome back to the Lucid Sight Collective podcast, where we discuss the world of lucid dreaming and consciousness as a whole. Today we're finally doing listener stories. Yes, it is the long-awaited episode where I will be sharing the dream stories that you guys have sent me throughout this year. I am super excited to do this and I feel very honored and grateful that one, I even have listeners, and two, that you guys can share such deeply personal stories of your subconscious with me. And then I, in turn, get to share that with other listeners. It's pretty cool. When I started this podcast, I really wanted to help decrease that taboo stigma behind discussing your dreams with those around you. And discussing where you feel your subconscious mind is in that moment because so many people are having wild dreams every night and they're dealing with processing all these things when no one really talks about it and we can all feel kind of alone or like we're the only ones dealing with this but don't realize that maybe even the closest to us can relate or even help you get a different perspective of what your dreams are trying to tell you. Being open about your dream world with others can be a very liberating feeling and it can help create a very deep understanding and bond or a feeling of closeness with that person that you wouldn't otherwise feel. And I think in these episodes, it's just another way to normalize talking about these things that happen to normal everyday people, whether that be dealing with debilitating nightmares and sleep paralysis or experiencing indescribable miracles happening in the night or strange coincidences and synchronicities, or even simple things like facing your fears and feeling them have just a little bit less of a hold on you afterwards. Regardless of what category the dream falls under, I think most people have a story that is notable, whether it be because it felt surreal or was just flat out bizarre. So I just want to thank you guys again for sharing these stories with me. And I'm hoping to do more of these episodes, so keep them coming. And if you have anything that you'd like to share, please do. You can message me on Instagram at Lucid Sight Podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the dreams. Just a small little disclaimer on this episode. It's going to be pretty free-flowing and fluid for the most part, other than me obviously reading your guys' dreams that you've sent to me, I'll be kind of reacting and giving you my my take on it um, and just kind of discussing the ideas that it lays out. Um, So that part, totally candid and unscripted, which a lot of the times I'll have some sort of notes that I jot down to help me stay centered, but... I'm just going for it this episode, guys, so (laughs) strap in and get ready for the ride. It might be good, it might be bad, we'll see. We'll go on this journey together. It'll be fun. (laughs) And I'm, yeah, just really excited to tell your stories. Hope my dyslexia doesn't throw me for a loop too bad, but I'm going to put on my game face and let's do this. (laughs) 
and also because of that too um it's kind of a long episode like sorry i got sidetracked um talking about your guys's dreams they were just so darn interesting so kind of a long episode this time but i did kind of section it out with some like music and sounds to kind of wake you guys up or allow you to pause the episode and save it for later so yep you do you um listen passively or actively whatever whatever you feel (laughs) and yeah i hope you enjoy the episode so i think the best way to start out is with the first message i've ever received from a listener she sent me multiple stories of different dreams that she's had and one of them just so happens to be my personal favorite of all the accounts i've heard directly and i think that you guys will find it to be really interesting as well and i'm just really excited to share her story and all the other stories that you guys sent me because they really are all interesting in their own different ways so with that being said um let's launch into these stories This listener's name is Alicia. She says, Hi Ivy, I stumbled upon your podcast yesterday and I listened to some of your episodes today. I love the concept and I love exploring the dream world. I listened to the episode on lucid dreaming and wow, so awesome. The last dream you shared about being in Costco surprised me because I had a very similar dream. This, she's referring to a dream that I talked about in one of the dream talk episodes. It, I think it was like my lucid dreaming stories or something like that. Um, but yeah, she's referring to one of those dreams. And in this dream, she says, I was not in Costco, but I was getting a massage and I had relaxed so much that my spirit burst from my body and rose higher and higher into space. I kept rising until I came upon a being full of light and sacred geometry. The being said, oh, you found me. Come back whenever you'd like. Then she goes on to say, that's a very condensed version, and I have some other interesting dreams that I like to share sometime. I'm excited to listen to your other episodes. Blessings, Alicia. So this is pretty cool, just first of all, because it's cool that we had similar dreams, and um, that's like one of the main reasons that I started this podcast, is just to kind of connect with people. Um and see like hey like I'm not alone like other people experience this too so it's really cool that she had a dream like super similar to this and I talk about this kind of dream a little bit more in the dream talk episode I think it's like I said lucid dream stories um of my childhood I think um something like that the title is but um To me, this is clearly some type of astral travel or like astral experience um, in your dream. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but that's just 
what it looks like and what it feels like. Um, when I had this dream, I was pretty young. Like, I think I was in middle school or something like that and raised super Christian, like very Catholic, never heard of anything like this before, never been exposed to an out-of-body experience or what that is, didn't know anything on the mystical side, basically. Only knew, like, the world from a very religious point of view. Um, like, orthodox re religious point of view, I guess, if that's the right word. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the fact that I had this dream without knowing what it was, and then later on learning what astral projection was, I'm like, whoa, that was very similar. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that this dream is some sort of astral experience. And I'm just going to kind of leave it at that because a lot of these other dreams that I'm going to share kind of involve this same topic as well. So I'm going to wait to share more on this subject because it's going to get deep, <laughs> but we'll leave it at there. We'll leave it there for now. Um, but another thing that I want to just kind of bring to light about this dream that I didn't experience in my dream that she said was hers was similar to mine. Um, I didn't experience meeting an entity. Um, this entity that she met seemed to know her and she didn't recognize it, but they must have had some sort of bond because, or some sort of connection. They, they clearly knew each other or it, clearly knew her so this I don't know it's just like the cherry on top of this story it's really interesting um super cool stuff and just the fact that it's like oh you found me <laughs> come back and visit anytime you like <laughs> like um yeah it's just super cool and it's not like she necessarily was like oh I'm gonna get out of body and like go meet this entity or spirit that I miss or like haven't seen in so long. She just happened to end up there. Like she was drawn to it or like they were drawn together. Like it was just inevitable that they met at that time or like they met. It was, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say, but anyways, it's just really interesting to me how she made this connection with an entity that she seemingly knew for lifetimes. Okay, now for her second dream, which is, this one is the one that is like the my favorite dream that I've ever gotten. It's so, so interesting. And I've never heard anything quite like it, but it's... Just strap in for this one, guys, because it's it's a good one. Just wait till the end. So she says, I, I told her, thank you so much for sharing, etc. And she says, yeah, of course. I've also had a dream in which I feel has been my most powerful one yet. One night, my roommate and I got into an argument over something very minuscule, which was very rare for us. That night we went to bed without resolving it. 
I did a meditation because it was 11-11 and I looked up different archangels and found Archangel Metatron. I fell asleep and thought I had awoken to someone sliding my door open. I had a glass sliding door. I was certain it was my roommate who wanted to resolve things. However, I couldn't turn around. It was as if I was paralyzed. I heard someone singing and began placing loving pressure on my back. I was... Sorry. I was on my side turned from the door. Eventually, I was able to turn my head around and it was someone I had never seen before. A woman who had a pixie haircut, blonde hair who had appeared to be around the same age as me. I asked, who are you? She laughed and placed my hand over her heart and asked so sincerely, you don't remember me? I racked my brain, but could not place her face. I shook my head. She responded, don't worry, you will. And just like that, she was gone. I called out for her to come back because she filled me with so, she was, was filling me with, she was filled with so much love for me. The next morning, my roommate confessed to me that she had a very intense dream that I was giving birth and my baby died. The next day, I found out I was pregnant. I had my baby and everything was fine. I feel that this being was giving me and my baby healing energy. I hope I get more clarity on who the being was, but still my favorite so far. Wow. I think that is just so amazing. Like, yeah, I, I think this one just really speaks for itself. That roommate definitely was tapped into something at that time and was shown like a possible future for this roommate and her baby. And somehow that at that same time, that same night, this being came to this woman and literally put her hand on her back where her womb is and sent her the most loving energy. She said it was like palpable, the feeling of love. And the next day <laughs> she found out she was pregnant. Like she didn't know before, but yeah, I don't know. I just think that if that being, if that entity didn't come and do what she did, maybe the outcome would have been different. But um, it wasn't. She had a healthy baby. So this is very, very profound and a beautiful story. So thank you so much for sending, sending it to me. And <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that you have a healthy baby. And um yeah, just, just thanks for sending me your dreams. Um, these are very personal, obviously, and I feel privileged to get to share them. So yeah, moving on. I also wanted to share really quickly. I asked her, um, did you have, like, how did you feel around this time? Did you have a feeling and a sense that everything would end up all right? Because I would be so terrified not knowing, especially with the roommate's like vivid dream of the baby dying after you give birth. Um, 
She says, thank you so much for allowing me to share with you. It was something that would come to mind from time to time. But my baby started communicating with me very early on, telling me it was going to be fine. I really had to trust in my body and surrender to all of the unknowns of birth. Plant medicine helped me tremendously. If you ever have an interesting dream, I would love to hear about it as well. By the way, I love your art. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. But um, yeah, super interesting how she describes her actual child um, communicating with her from like a very, very early time, um, telling her that everything was going to be fine. Um, which I totally, I totally buy into that. Like that a mother child connection pre-birth is like, I mean, you are one. So yeah, very interesting story. Thank you so much for sharing again. Um, now on to the next dream. I had another listener message me about their astral projection experience. And at first they were being very vague. They said, I first saw my silver cord and then I learned about it. And I asked, how can I ask what the experience was like? They said it was a long time ago, over 30 years ago, when I was in my early to mid thirties and I was having many out of body experiences. I would leave my body quite often and retain memory of it. I would come back often to my body with a big thud or a bang, and I do remember seeing and being attached to a silver cord as my astral body went up into the heavens, or whatever you may call it. For me, it was proof that there was a spirit separate from the body. Thanks for asking. These are these are but interesting experiences on our spiritual evolution, but we do not want to get stuck there in psychic phenomena, for the ultimate goal is union with the one. <laughs> I kind of asked I asked him a little bit more about this phenomena, the psychic phenomena and like how you get stuck in it because like I mentioned before, I am interested in astral projection it intrigues me I believe that it's real and that there are very real cases and instances of it um I've tried it before and it freaked me the fuck out um I felt my spirit raise out of my body and like I felt so um like exposed and just like I I felt like I was gonna get lost like that was the feeling that I got when my spirit started to lift out of my body and I was about halfway out and got that like perilous feeling and it just like sucked right back into my body and after that, I've never tried it again because, like, why would I want to? Um, I might in the future, but I don't feel ready for that. Like, I I don't know. There are people that die in their sleep and, like, we don't know. We don't know. Like, they could very well have gotten lost in 
the astral realm, like, or their silver cord might have gotten cut somehow. Like, I don't know, but right now I'm not willing to risk it. And I just have like this real fear around leaving my body like on purpose. Like, I don't feel that that's something that I should be messing with. On the other hand, doing it while I'm sleeping, like, I can't really control that. And even though I did mention people dying in their sleep and like I'm talking about accidentally astral projecting in your sleep, for some reason that doesn't scare me as much. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just interested in this stuff because it scares me. Um, anyways, this person is confirming that my fear is very real. So I thought that that was a very interesting, interesting message. And I tried to ask more. They didn't respond. So I don't really know what to make of that. But I think it's very interesting. And I have heard of other people like experiencing seeing the silver cord before they even knew that it was a real thing. And like this just this kind of proves that like maybe it is a real thing because before, like when I was growing up, lucid dreaming wasn't really scientifically proven and I didn't know what it was, but I was still doing it every night as a kid. So yeah, obviously this stuff is real. Like we just, it takes a while to like scientifically nail things down in the world that we live in. So when I'm talking about inducing astral projection, people do this while they're conscious and awake. There are like certain meditations that you can do with the intention that it will sort of separate your spirit from your body and allow you to consciously travel the astral plane. So this is like a completely different thing than just like happening upon astral travel. Like I think that a lot of people do this naturally, like it's just something that happens. But um, there are people who are inducing this in their waking state, like while they are fully conscious and they claim that they can consciously move throughout the astral world and like consciously do what they want to do instead of you just like being in the sleep state and like happening to be astral traveling like you don't really know why you're doing it necessarily or like you don't have a goal necessarily like that's just what's happening so when I'm talking about inducing it it's something very different than just um like it happening organically while you're sleeping I've done a little more research about this concept and I found a lot that when you are astral traveling and you're strictly in your astral body, you're on the astral plane, you are very vulnerable. And this is exactly the feeling that I felt when my spirit started to lift out of my body. I felt extremely vulnerable. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when you're in the astral plane, you don't have your body anymore. And your body 
a lot of people think is the thing that makes you more powerful than what is in the spirit realm because they're just spirit and you are spirit and body. So, and this is the physical realm. So you have authority over them unless you give your power to them. But when you're in the astral plane, there is this concept that you are vulnerable since you are still alive. Like you are weaker without your body in the spirit realm because what lives in there is that's their territory. So I've heard of people, things getting attached to people. Um, if they astral project, I've heard stories of kids, um, who lucid dream a lot, astral projecting and these things attaching to them and following them throughout their whole lives. And they credit it back to them being a kid and astral projecting and being vulnerable in that spirit realm, something getting attached to them, which I think that's literally the plot of the movie Insidious. Um, I'm pretty sure that's exactly the plot. But this is like a very prominent concept that I never knew of, but I just knew <laughs> that like something like that was happening. Like it was an intuitive, innate feeling of like, I shouldn't be messing with this. And um, I don't know like what I'm dealing with. And basically like it was a very serious thing that um, was happening. And like, I just knew like, okay, this is not for me right now. Like maybe eventually I will feel equipped, but right now at least, I don't want to mess with that because I believe it's very real. And there was a point in my life earlier where I just wanted to experience something otherworldly. And I wanted to know that it was true. I wanted that evidence. And now I have it. I know it's real. <laughs> I've experienced it. And I'm... I, there's just like no compulsion, like there's no want or need to dabble in that stuff right now. Like I have a fully potent practice that I am, I feel very intact and in tune with the universe and the divinity and vastness of it all. I feel very connected to that and I don't feel like I need to astral project to get that. I think I probably do it on accident in my sleep all the time anyways, and I can't control that. Like I'm unconscious, so that's that's fine by me, but I'm definitely not going to like go out of my way to get out of my body while I'm awake. That's not that's not a practice that I'm doing. I know a lot of people are interested in that, but I've done enough research now to be scared of it. <laughs> it's scary. And you just never know like what's going to happen. So that's my hot take. Um, <laughs> take it or leave it. But um, yeah, I've always been curious about that because that one time, like probably four years ago when I tried, um, it was, it was a scary experience and I've never tried since then.
Um, definitely believe it's real though. Definitely believe that people do it all the time. So yeah, moving on. <laughs> also feel like I should just mention that there are a lot of different things that could potentially take you out of body. Many people have out of body experiences when taking psychedelic drugs or entheogens and there are just as many people that claim to experience astral projection when having a near-death experience or being in a coma or in surgery looking down at yourself while you're lying on the table. DMT is also heavily associated with astral projection and out-of-body experiences, and um, it's a chemical that our body just naturally creates, and it's stored in our brain. So many people think that DMT is released in like a heavily heavy amount, just like right before you die, in that moment right before you die. And they think that this is what causes your life to flash before your eyes and allows that sort of time distortion to allow you to experience a lifetime in a second. And there are others who think that it's released um, while you're dreaming. Some researchers say that these hallucinations, regardless of whether um, they're caused by DMT or not, um, they think that they're just hallucinations created by the brain. Um, but there are also just as many other people that believe that these are very real things that they are tapping into. Um, but anyways, moral of the story, you don't have to be on drugs to have an out-of-body experience. You also don't have to be dreaming. You can be wide awake and have an out-of-body experience. You can even be pulled out of body when you're having a really bad panic attack. Um, out-of-body experiences or intentional astral travel can also be harnessed through meditation and induced through meditation with practice. So people can, on command, access the astral plane while they're awake. They can just induce this state and go out of body. This is this is something that people claim, fully claim, and there's a bunch of anecdotal evidence of things. I don't know if it could just be like remote viewing that they're doing, but there is evidence of something happening here where people really claim to be going out of their body, looking in other rooms, coming back with information that they would never have known regardless. So I don't know what's happening there, but there's something happening. So there are many ways that astral projection can be experienced, but it's not just something to be playing with willy-nilly. And a lot of people, when they hear it can be induced, through meditation, um, they get very intrigued by this because it's a pretty mystical idea of inducing it yourself and just being able to go on this conscious journey through the astral plane, possibly learning something that you never could have known and coming back to your body and being able to tell the story. 
something like that could prove the existence of a soul that's separate from the body. So I can see how people get taken with it because I was at that point too. But I always speak with immense caution around this topic because I've seen people get kind of starstruck with this idea, but don't really yet understand the astral projection in itself or the dangers of it or how you can stay protected from these dangers. So just because this stuff is cool and interesting doesn't mean you should go out searching for it. Okay, so another submission that I got was from a listener named Emily, and she actually sent me a few dreams, just like the other listener, which I love. Um, Send me all your dreams. (laughs) And Emily says, hey, I really love your podcast. I've been able to lucid dream since I was a kid, and I've been more mindful of them for the past couple of years as I'm trying to heal trauma and be a better person. Recently, within the past year... I've come to really value and appreciate my dreams because they show me ways to move forward and nurture my childhood self. Before I get started on her story, I just want to quickly commend Emily for embarking on this healing journey because it can feel really overwhelming at first, but paying attention to your subconscious and working with it can really transform you from the inside out. and. It takes courage to start the journey, and I don't necessarily know how long she's been on it, but it also takes courage to stay on the path. So regardless of her situation, I commend you, and I wish you the best on your journey. And I feel like this is the way that it kind of happens for a lot of people, where at some point in their life, they just kind of come to this realization where they realize, oh shit, the dream world is really potent and full of information and has the capability and potential to excel or expedite this healing process and learn can help me learn more about the deeper parts of myself and my psyche. Working with your dreams and learning how to harness the lucidity in your dreams and unlocking the different levels of lucid dreaming, or even just gaining some sort of conscious awareness while you're dreaming. That's a great tool. And it's an awesome thing when people sort of start to wake up to that knowledge because a lot of people go their entire lives while paying absolutely no attention to their dreams. And I can definitely relate to this because I've also had lucid dreams since I was a kid, but never really paid them much mind. Um, Thought they were cool and fun, but I didn't really know what potential that they held. So I just kind of ignored them. And within like the past three or four years, I've been doing a deep dive, like really trying to figure them out and really paying attention to mine and trying to um, 
have more frequent lucid dreams and teach myself to do that. And, um, I mean, you guys know the journey that I've been on, but, um, yeah, I can totally relate to this whole like thing, this whole dynamic of it being a part of your life forever, like as long as you can remember, but never like you never actually giving it the weight that it really deserves. And then all of a sudden just realizing all of this untapped potential that you have with this lucid dreaming ability. Um, so yeah, it's really cool to hear that she's digging into that and paying attention to her dreams and learning how they can really help her develop into the person that she wants to be. So, And the first one, she said, this one was one of the strangest I've ever had. It's hard to even call it a dream. I was, it was early in the morning because I had just been woken up by my fiance leaving work um, at 5 a.m. So I think that this is in real life. She was, it was early in the morning. She had just been woken up by her fiance leaving from work at 5. She said, I fell back asleep and was dreaming of something random. I don't even really remember what it was. Then all of a sudden, I was in my bedroom, up in the corner of the room, looking down at myself, sleeping in my bed. I was laying, facing the inside of the bed with my knees curled to my chest. There was also this shadow figure standing behind me at the edge of the bed. It was leaning over me and making a faint static noise. Everything happened so quickly and none of it was lucid. I felt like I was just watching something happen to me while I was asleep. Whoa. <laughs> that's that's cool. Um, and also scary. <laughs> it kind of sounds like, like similar to a sleep paralysis experience because of the whole like shadow figure static being I've heard of that before and I've heard the word static being used to describe them before like the noise that they make so that's really interesting um also like makes me think obviously she was astral projecting because for, for obvious reasons I don't really have to go into that but yeah this is really interesting and it's kind of a relatively co not common occurrence but it isn't unheard of to be in the sleep state and just randomly kind of astral project like some people think that the dream state is astral projection in general and there are just like different variations of it um this being like literal astral projection like she's outside of her body looking down at herself while she's sleeping she's not just like traveling in the astral realm like while she's asleep she's like literally physically looking at herself confirming yes she is outside of her body and yes she is asleep but she's also somewhere else so i think that this one's really interesting um, if anyone else has experienced this, definitely message me um, your story and 
what you felt and just like your thoughts about it because I would love to hear more instances like this. I've definitely had a few times where I've been sleeping and I remember dreams of like me walking around my room while I'm sleeping like in my bed as well. So I'm like, was that a dream? Like, that's a weird dream to have. But it's kind of the same thing of where you're you're watching yourself sleep and you're not really lucid about it. Like, it's just kind of what's happening. Um, so, yeah, that's a really interesting dream. And I'm just going to move on to the next one because I can keep talking about it forever, but we're going to move on. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, I just realized that I didn't even finish reading her dream. Um, okay. So she said, everything happened so quickly and none of it was lucid. I felt like I was just watching something happen to me while I was asleep. Then she says, I started moving towards my body, almost as if I was returning consciousness back to my body to wake up. As I was getting closer, the figure was leaning down closer to my ear and the sound was growing louder. At the last second before this thing got into my ear, I reached my body and jolted awake. I immediately looked around and covered my ear. I was so freaked out I couldn't sleep. Okay, <laughs> that's terrifying. Um, yeah, like this is also a similar trope of like, right when you reach your body, like you, you wake up again. Um, and also I've seen this, this is like a literal horror movie trope. Like I've seen this in horror movies where the person is like, like in some sort of astral projection state or like dreamlike state and they're watching something happen to their body, like some sort of entity leaning over them or something. And then like, right when they wake up it's gone or like or like right when someone else wakes them up it's gone so it's like can this thing only get you when you're in the sleep state um I don't know but it's terrifying nonetheless <laughs> and also now that I say that like what happens when it gets you like the I don't is it like some sort of psychic attack or what? Cause like, I don't think you die necessarily. Like maybe it's just like these entities that are like attaching themselves to us. I have no clue. I do not know. Maybe they're like feeding off of us. I, <laughs> anyone want to throw out any conspiracy theories? Because I've heard of this before, but like, you know, I don't think not everyone is waking up, like, right before they get to their ear. You know, what happens, like, if you can't stop it? That is sparking my curiosity. So if anyone has theories about that, um, let me know, because I haven't looked into it. This stuff kind of freaks me out, um, just in general. Okay, I just remembered where I saw this from, and it was a TV series called Behind Her Eyes. It's all coming back to me now. The series was actually based on lucid dreaming. And it was a story of this person who had learned all these different steps and levels to, to gaining lucidity in your dreams. 
And at the very end, you figure out that this person has figured out how to transfer consciousnesses. Like they can switch their, they can take over someone's body basically through lucid dreaming. Like, like if someone else is also lucid dreaming, then they're out of their body. They're in the astral plane. So their body is technically vacant. And this person is also lucid dreaming, also in the astral plane, and they find their way to that person's body and inhabit it. And this is just like the plot of the show, but it's all about lucid dreaming. And there's this one scene where one of the girls that is lucid dreaming is out of her body and she's kind of walking around the house. And then she comes back to her body and she sees this like static being that's hovering over her and like about to like overtake her. And then she like finds her way back to her body and jolts awake and then the static being is gone. But (laughs) this literally happens in a TV show that's about lucid dreaming. So I wonder if it's connected and I think it just all kind of ties in with the notion that if you are astral projecting and you are outside of your body, then you are vulnerable in a way. Your body is vulnerable and your spirit is vulnerable because you have all your power when you are in your body because that is like our natural state. And I guess when we aren't in our body our spirit is very vulnerable to the other spirits in the realm that like that is their domain that is like where they reside and their territory so if we are going into their territory we are vulnerable and it would also make sense that once you reach your body that entity then has no power over you I also just did a quick Google search on this just to make sure that I wasn't misremembering the show because I watched it like a long time ago when it first came out and like it's kind of a convoluted show so I'm just like I was hoping I wasn't remembering it wrong about the static entity so I tried to look it up and all of these reddit posts (laughs) flooded my Google search like Oh, I see these entities while I'm in sleep paralysis. Um, Lots, lots and lots of stories about people seeing them when they're in sleep paralysis, which is interesting because in this story, Emily wasn't experiencing sleep paralysis. She was literally astral projecting while she was sleeping and saw this entity standing over her. And the thing that is crazy to me is that everyone literally uses that same exact word, static. They hear static in their ears. So it's honestly like a great story because it gives us this other viewpoint. Like, yes, people have experienced this entity when they're in sleep paralysis, but they're in their body. They are somewhat awake they just can't move but what emily saw she was still in the dream state 
she hadn't yet woken up. She was in the corner of her room looking down at herself and saw this entity attacking her. So it's pretty cool that we have two point of views. Like there's tons of stories out there about this happening in sleep paralysis, but now we have a different point of view. It still involves sleep and it still involves this same entity that people are seeing all around the world, but she's not in this sleep paralysis state. So it gives us from a scientific point of view, it gives us some more anecdotal evidence that helps us to understand a little bit more of what's happening, possibly gives us a little bit more sliver of proof that this is actually happening. People are actually seeing real entities as opposed to what a lot of modern researchers just want to write it off as of, oh, your brain is just going into shock or you're seeing things because you're still like partially in the dream state and it's hallucinations. But when you meet people who experience this, they really think that what they've seen is real. They, they know that what they've experienced is real. And I've talked to a lot of people who experience sleep paralysis and never have any of these quote unquote hallucinations. They're just experiencing good plain old sleep paralysis. But yet researchers will have you believe that part of sleep paralysis is hallucinating these scary things. Not everyone experiences it though. Only some experience these entities. So what are they? And are they real? Or just a figment of our imagination? I'm not sure if we'll ever know. But taking a look at these people's stories is definitely a good place to start. Um, I'm going to move on because, yeah, I can talk about this forever. But like I said... I'm going to move on. So she says um, her second dream, some context beforehand. She says that I have a stutter caused by previous trauma, but it causes a lot of anxiety when talking to people, specifically my name. I tend to struggle getting it out, which causes me to avoid meeting new people. In this dream, I was with my fiance at some backyard party. It was a mix between a club setting and a nighttime barbecue. The vibes were really relaxed and social. I was standing in the middle of a patio area and for a second the crowd cleared in front of me and I saw this man staring at me. At first I was freaked out because I recognized that I was dreaming and I usually have total awareness of everyone's thoughts and motives, but this man noticed me before I noticed him. Interesting. He didn't look threatening. He looked more like the ideal male figure in my head. He had longer swept blonde hair, soft features with glasses, and was wearing neutral clothing. He looked like something or he looked like someone you would expect to work in a library. Very indie vibes. He motioned for me to come over to him and I panicked. 
I immediately looked for my fiance who normally introduces me so I don't freak out. But before I could find her, he pushes off the tree he was leaning against and starts walking towards me. I could really feel my my anxiety swelling at this point. He smiled and held his hand out for me to shake it. I hesitantly took it and he said, Hi, my name is Emily. The biggest wave of relief washed over me and I felt this swell of joy in my chest. I grinned back, took his hand with more force and said, We have the same name. I woke up a bit confused about what all this means and a simple, oh shit. I woke up a bit confused about what all of this means. A simple manifestation of my anxiety or some sort of dream guide finding me and addressing me in the best way possible, catering to my preferences to not scare me away. These are both really super interesting. We already talked about the first dream, so I'm not going to go into that. But the second dream is super cool because, I mean, she thinks that this could be, like, some kind of dream guide um, who, like, kind of knows her spirit and, like, he knows how to cater to, like, her feeling comfortable. And this is also, like, kind of some sort of healing moment because she has all this anxiety around like social interactions and this entity comes up to her and shows her like it can be easy and it it doesn't have to be like there there doesn't have to be so much pressure around it and he's kind of showing her like this is how it can be so i think it's totally possible that it's like a dream guide um scenario here and it's also possible that this is just kind of like her brain showing her like it can be easy and like you can do this um so yeah I'm not sure what it is because I didn't have the dream I'm not her but it's still a really cool dream and the detail that she goes into is really interesting too so I really appreciate that Even the way that she described how she couldn't understand his intentions, um, even though she was lucid, which normally being lucid, she said that she can read like her dream characters like a book, basically. Um, So that definitely makes me feel like he was some sort of separate entity from her dream. Um, yeah, and it's just like a very cathartic experience that she had in the dream world. So I asked her, um, after having the dream, do you see things differently around your name and the anxiety that it brings up when introducing yourself? Even if it's just like a small subconscious shift or something, I was just wondering if she felt any sort of aftermath from the dream. And she said, to follow up with the stutter slash anxiety dream, I had, I actually had a really impressive week after that. I often struggle at work, even though it's an engineering firm and we are all a bit less social, especially with phone calls and meetings. She said she struggles. She says, my hands get shaky And my voice gets high with nervousness. But I looked back at the date of my dream journal 
and it was two weeks ago. And this past week, I really found the courage to push my boundaries. I finally said yes to lunch with my coworkers and spent a lot of the time talking. I was, I was able to order what I wanted. Usually, I find two to three things that I might, that might be the easiest to say, and I stick with that, even if it's don't, even if it's not what I want to eat. Sorry. At the end of the week, I also wanted to introduce myself to someone, which really caught me by surprise. It ended up not happening because the meeting started before I could. Anyways, the whole week I was all shaky and sweaty from the anxiety, but I managed it and I felt really, really proud of myself. Typically, these waves of good and bad happen and I try to keep myself going and push past a boundary because it helps me continue gaining more ground and confidence. I guess I didn't put that all together until now. Maybe the man was correlated to the newfound courage that I had found this past week. So that's really cool. And it's cool that she like almost didn't notice it. This is just like a natural change that happened within her. And like she didn't necessarily correlate it to the dream. But like once she realized that it happened around the time that this new surge of confidence started, then she realized like, oh, this might have something to do with it. And I think that it definitely does because that is like a big part of dreaming is your subconscious trying to work things out for you. And it it is a healing experience. Even like having nightmares can be for you. Like it seems weird, but your mind is trying to work something out and it's trying to get you to a point where you really do see that epiphany and feel comfortable in that stressful situation. Like as paradoxical as it may seem, nightmares can be cathartic. You just have to figure out what they're trying to teach you and what they're trying to make you comfortable with because your brain is playing these scenarios out so that you can relax. <laughs> like just an example. I always have, this is a trigger warning, but I always have dreams about like being in a public situation and there's like a shooter. And I think in some way that's, my brain trying to tell me like you've had practice with this like you can survive and like you've done it before like you are strong and like you can fight and you can run and like you are a survivor (laughs) so like even though it's it sucks like having these dreams and having to like run from these shooters in my dreams it is my brain's way of like trying to either prepare me for that or teach myself that like I am strong you know so I don't know if that makes any sense but um I just I just I don't know (laughs) I wanted to give some sort of example so we're gonna move on now but anyways dreams in general including nightmares are a cathartic experience whether you recognize it or not 
It's not all that dreams are, but it is a part. All right, so Emily goes on to share another dream. She says, I wanted to share a really impactful dream of mine. And this is actually the first dream she sent me. I'm, I don't know why I'm reading them out of order, but I am. So <laughs> we'll just go with it. So she says, I grew up with my dad being in the Navy, and in this dream, I was at a picnic with a bunch of Navy wives. I was sitting with all the wives, and this one woman was complaining about her daughter, saying horrible things like, she's such a disgrace, she's so attention needy and annoying, and I'd be better off without her. Sitting there, I didn't feel angry or aggressive towards this woman, which I probably would have in waking life. But instead, I got up and approached the little girl. She was about eight and a bit chubby, rosy cheeks, long straight blonde hair, and blue eyes. I told her what her mother said about her, and the girl cried. I hugged her and then said, Look, you can't make your mother love you, but that doesn't mean you aren't worthy of love. And after I woke up, this hit me like a train. I realized that I was in fact talking to myself and trying to nurture a lot of the childhood trauma from an abusive stepmother. It was such a pivotal point in my dream awareness, even though this was not a lucid dream, it brought a new appreciation from what my dreams can show me. So yeah, that's really cool. I've definitely, um, I can relate to this like kind of mulling through your childhood trauma in your dreams. And at some point you, you do reach a point where instead of like cowering and like standing down, you actually confront this person that like you're scared of or you hate or results like such a, extreme emotional response for you instead of shutting down there comes a point in your dreams where you actually stand up to this person and it can be so healing when you wake up and you realize that even though you didn't know that you were dreaming you still reacted that way and you still stood up for yourself and in my experience this point the the standing up moment is a result of hundreds of other dreams where you don't do that but like I said before your brain is trying to teach you something and it's putting you through situations that might be hard but in the end you will feel strong enough to stand up and fight so this is just an example of that happening and it's really cool and it's a really powerful feeling when it happens especially when you felt so helpless about the situation for your entire life. Like it is a moment of prevailing over this trauma. Like you feel like you really faced that because it wasn't a lucid dream. You really felt like that was happening and you still stood up for yourself. You still reacted in the way that you did. So yeah, this is just, um, a cool concept that like I've experienced a lot in the past four years of learning about my dreams and kind of paying attention to them. Like 
we do have these profound dreams, but if you don't think twice about them, you're not going to recognize that they're profound. So, yeah. All right, the next few stories come from my friend Kim. She's actually a combo, a certified combo practitioner. So if anyone in Arizona is looking for some frog medicine, they can message me on Instagram and I can try to hook you up with her. So anyways, I don't want to disclose any of her information, but um, she says, so I was on Reddit. Um, I think it was like r slash lucid dreaming or something. And someone said last night they wore this in their dream. And it's a picture of someone with a helmet on, like a bike helmet. And there is like four or five DVD players on top of sitting on top of the helmet. And so I posted it to my Instagram and I said, classic makes 100% makes total sense. And Kim commented, she said, Last night, I dreamt all night that I was a black man doing push-ups, hanging out with two guy friends, and I never questioned a thing. <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. And then I said, could it, could it maybe have been a past life thing? <laughs> I thought that was so funny, because like, in dreams, you really don't question anything. Like, you can be a completely different person, and it's like, yeah, this is my life, like, Duh. <laughs> so that's an interesting dynamic. And then to play off that, I posted another, it was like a meme. It said, psychologists say all dreams have meanings. And then my dreams. And it's a picture of a shark jumping out of the ocean with a velociraptor riding on its back, holding like a missile gun or like a missile rifle. And she said, oh my gosh, right? All of the supposed absurd dream signs that should alert me that I'm dreaming. Nope, I just skip about my dreams. Like, all is well. Nothing out of the ordinary here. Nothing to wake me up to say that I'm lucid dreaming. And after talking, she says, it's great to hear that I'm not the only one realizing that the dreamscape every night is just a portal to becoming lucid and more conscious. My spirit guys all waiting and laughing like, what's it going to take? <laughs> I also asked her, um, I said, it's very cool that you've been learning about dream yoga and other various techniques. Have you ever been able to get out of body without entheogens? Because I find astral projection to feel very scary when I'm inducing it in myself. Um, but I think that we do it on accident all the time while we're asleep. <laughs> and she says, yes, actually many times. And now I'm convinced dream work is even more powerful for me than entheogens, which is extremely interesting to me because Kim is literally a combo practitioner. Like she works with entheogens for a living. So this is very interesting to me that she said that dream work to her is even more powerful than like psychedelics. So, um, yeah, she says, then I go through stretches of time where I wake up in my dream and fly remembering that we can. <laughs> I love that. 
I had a good handful of them in the fall of this last year, and I somehow ended up being pulled to a group of people I don't recognize here on earth. And I end up following them around and asking them, do I know you? And then I'm flooded with this love and connection that's so old, like I've known them forever. I hug them and waking up sobbing. She wakes up sobbing because that feels like they are my soul group and your soul here on this side sort of remembers that and carries this subconscious separation grief. Oh, but I'm hoping to induce more travels. (laughs) Haha. But yeah, it's scary at first, but with practice, it gets easier. So this is interesting because this group that she speaks of sounds so similar to this group that my other friend talked about um, that she visits in these deep meditations that she does. And the meditations, if anyone's interested, they are completely laid out in this book called Sex and the Intelligence of the Heart. It's an amazing book. I have not read it all. Um, I will tell you that now. But what I know of it, it's an amazing book. And my best friend ever, she is the one that does these um, meditations. She knows this book very well. And in these meditations, she totally claims that like, she feels she's actually going to this place and she doesn't feel like she's making any of this up in her conscious mind. She is going to this place and there are, it's, it's a group of entities that hang out in this place. And each time something different happens, each time she meets like different ones and talks to different people in this group, but they all give her like some amazing knowledge or epiphany. One of them is like her older self and another one is her younger self. But then there's all these other people that she has no idea who they are, but like feels very connected to them. Um, and it just, it just really reminds me of what Kim is talking about with um, this group of people that she meets in her dreams that she feels are her soul group and she feels this intense bond with that so much so that she wakes up sobbing so yeah I thought that was a really interesting story and um yep we're gonna move on I also had a coworker tell me about her experience with hearing a word in her dream. And she was, she became sort of hyper fixated on this word that she just somehow remembered from her dream. And eventually she ended up looking it up because she's like, why is this word stuck in my head? I don't know this word. (laughs) So she looked it up and it turns out it's, an ancient biblical word that she had never been exposed to before wasn't even from the religion that she subscribed to. So this could possibly be like some sort of past life memory seeping through while your subconscious is taken over. 
Um, I'm not sure what this is, but there are plenty of instances of people dreaming in a different language, waking up, um, searching that phrase and finding out it's a legitimate language. And there's other experiences of people sleep talking in a different language that they don't know when they're awake. Another dream story that was told to me by a different coworker of mine. She told me this whole story about a mirror that her family from Mexico had picked up, I'm pretty sure on the side of the street or they bought it from some type of garage sale or something like that. Anyways, it was a secondhand mirror. It was very old looking and beautiful antique frame, like those, those beautiful golden frames, like they're really old Victorian looking, like a, just a beautiful mirror. Her family bought it, took it home, and it was placed in a way in their house to where you could see the hallway from looking through the mirror if the door was open in that room. And some time went by and then eventually, at some point, my coworker saw a man in the mirror. He was standing in the hallway, just looking at her. She described him as an old man, white hair. She described the clothes he was wearing and she freaked out when she saw it, but she never said anything because she just kind of figured that no one would believe her or her family would think she was crazy. So she kept quiet. She didn't say anything. And then she saw him again. And at one point she's in the room with her cousin and all of a sudden her cousin's face just goes completely white. She freaks out. She runs out of the house. She doesn't say anything. She runs out screaming. My coworker like runs after her. She said like, what happened? What did you see? She said she saw an old man with white hair. She described him the same way. And my coworker still didn't say anything. I think she said she didn't want to scare her cousin, her little cousin, more than she had to. So she never said anything. And years later, she lives in the state that I live in now, um, in America. And years later, she has this dream. Now in the dream, she's in that house and walking down the hallway she once she gets to the door that door that her and her cousin were in she instantly knows that she's here that she kind of becomes lucid she knows that she's in a dream and she knows that she's supposed to protect her cousin from this entity and keep in mind at this time that she's having the dream the cousin is still living in that house, in this room at the time. So she walks into this room and she is like fighting this entity that's standing over her cousin, sleeping. 
and my coworker just starts doing all of these she describes them as like hand gestures and she's making symbols and shapes with her hands and somehow like she just knows what to do and she's like fighting this thing and she said like she's never felt anything like it before she was extremely like it was like her higher self in the dream and she felt like she was astral projecting at that in that moment to protect her cousin from this entity and my coworker this this coworker that I'm talking about she is like a pretty spiritual person and I totally believe her it's a very interesting story and um makes me think that that entity is still attached to that mirror and they just need to get rid of that thing because <laughs> um, it does not seem friendly well i think that just about wraps it up so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the listener stories. I hope I didn't botch your guys' stories. Um, yeah, I hope I did it justice. So, uh, <laughs> as the listeners that wrote me these stories found out, I do respond to messages. So, message me all you want. Tell me all your dreams. Tell me all your theories. Um... Yeah, tell me tell me about yourselves. Come on. Join the community, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I I love the the messages. Um you can message me at on Instagram at lucid.site.co or more preferably the podcast account which is lucid site podcast on Instagram. Well, those are all the stories that I gathered this past year so thanks again to everyone who shared and don't stop here i'm gonna do more episodes like this that are listener based so keep them coming give me all your stories (laughs) share everything the good the bad the ugly um if you don't dream tell me about that too (laughs) um yeah just just talk to me guys what's up hi um i love the community so yeah Anything you guys want to share, I am totally game for. And if you have any friends that you know experience strange dreams, tell them to hit me up also. (laughs) And also, if you're really into dreaming and you don't know if the people in your life have dreams that they remember or find interesting, then I encourage you to try and ask some of the people around you when the conversation dies down just ask them and i think you'll be surprised what kind of answers you get it's just another way that we can feel connected to the people around you and the way that we exist in the world today i think that we could all use a bit more connection